What's up, everybody? Garrett Nobel here from the Dead Fit Dynasty. A little bit of a rebrand there, in case you didn't catch that Dynasty bit. Um, it's doing these uh, little uh, in-between episodes, I like to think of them, for the podcast. Each week, my buddy and I, Jake, will be hosting Twitter X Spaces, where we talk about all things fatherhood, fitness, marriage, everything in between. Building up strong men. On this episode, we chat about parenting styles and their impact. Topics such as empowering children to stand out and be amazing, embracing unknown, cultural differences, lots, lots more. Hope you enjoy. Oh, shit, I can speak. Yeah. What's up, man? Hey. How you oh, good. Literally just about 30 seconds ago, spent or spilt my drink all over my freaking nightstand. So, <laughs> well, at least it's not your laptop or something, right? No, I, I, I hilariously left that at school today. So, <laughs> oh, good, good thing you can only do this on the phone because that's all I got right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that's probably one of my biggest complaints about spaces yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool like some of the stuff that you can do and like the different things but it would just be a lot easier to uh to be able to have it on the laptop oh yeah for sure ryan what's up brother can you hear us wait hold on do i gotta uh, I just I just approved him. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? How you guys up, doing? Man? Oh, good. We were just talking about how literally right before we got started, I just spilled my drink everywhere. So, oh man, we're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it, that just means that it can only go up from here. So we're gonna have a good a good time. yeah i was cutting it close here tonight because uh my wife and daughter are at a school thing for her and they won't be home till probably 10 or so ish but i had to put the baby to bed and my wife does it like 95 percent of the time so baby's confused as hell she kept saying mommy where's mommy (laughs) mommy's not here and so she started crying and it's like ah Aliana, I, I have to go do something, so you need to go to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I can remember, man, our boys having two of them. It's like, geez Louise. <laughs> and one, one of the things that we've always done, and we still do this, they're going to be 13 in like a month right now, but we've always done like, well, when they were littler, we called it mommy and daddy time. So it was like my wife would hang out with one of them, you know, before bed. And I would hang out with the other just so we could get that one-on-one time and we would rotate every, you know, every night. And it's like, we still do that. You know, it'll be like time for bed. And it's like, they'll be like, well, you know, it went from mommy and daddy to, you know, mom, dad. And, you know, now it's the bruh and all this, but, you know, <laughs> it's still, well, bruh, we got to spend time together. And it's like, all right, well, we can do that. That's my uh, son's big thing is bruh. Oh man, dude, <laughs> he's eleven, so I get it. But yeah, bro, 
the thing with that for me specifically is I just started doing it because it was hilarious, just calling people bro. Right. And just the irony, I was like, oh, yeah, what's up, bro? Just because it was being that meathead douchebag. But now it's like worked its way into my normal day-to-day speaking, unfortunately. Right. Well, it's funny, too, because, you know, and I mean, like, Barrett, I know you know this, but um, so obviously, like, I'm a teacher. Well, this is the third year in a row that I've that I've had my boys in my class. And, and, you know, now obviously teaching middle school, I don't have, um, I don't have them all day. I only, I only have them for one class, but still, you know, there'll be times where we'll be in the classroom and one of my boys, boys will be like, you know, bruh. And it's like, listen, man, I ain't bruh right now. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) this is business. This is not, you know, and they're like, well, can I at least call you dad? It's like, I can handle dad. But definitely not bruh while we're at school. <laughs> yeah, a little decorum and respect while we're in the work environment. Right. Or every once in a while I'll get uh Mr. Dad. Uh Mr. Uh Dad. <laughs> so and it's funny too because like there's you know, they obviously have friends and stuff and some of their closer friends we've allowed to like come over to our house or whatever. And there'll also be kids that I've had in class and it's like you know, now listen, this is, you know, this is not your teacher right now. I just want you to know, like, you know, I mean, you like, you may hear a cuss word every once in a while. Like, just understand, like, this is not the classroom. So it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, Jake. Yes. Hey, I had a question for you. Um, I know, I know you're a teacher and you uh, coach football, but I was wondering, do you do um, a lot of speaking engagements or not necessarily? So, um, I, I, it's funny cause we, uh, we do a lot of, well, I mean, obviously teaching during the day is like, I feel like speaking, you know, is in and of itself, but like, as far as engagements go, um, like nothing professionally, but I have done some, some things like in like an open forum setting with regards to like coaching clinics and stuff like that, like where I've gone and presented something either on like football or something related to you know like leadership development and stuff like that so nothing super um you know professional or anything but in the coaching world i have done it a few times i've only done it professionally for meetings and presentations nothing fun Although I, I am an amazing PowerPoint presenter because I don't I don't stand there and read the slide like 99% of everyone else does. Right. Well, and it's funny, too, because one of the most um, interesting things that I've done as far as speaking goes was um, technically not even live. I recorded a coaching uh, course. There's a there's a, a platform called CoachTube. And um, basically, it's like YouTube for coaches where you can put a course on there and then people can pay money to like go and learn your ideas or whatever. And man, trying to record the video for that, it was like an hour and a half long and recording the video for that. That was interesting because, you know, if it's just live, I would almost prefer that because you can just go with it and you only, you know, you only get one shot at it. Whereas if you're trying to film a course, you want to stop and try to perfect everything. It's like, oh, man, this is this is crazy. So. But 
I guess we can kind of get started, really. I mean, it's uh, it's like five after. I know there's, I'm sure more people that would come in. There's like up to like 13 that said they were possibly going, but we can just. I wish Tina wouldn't have left. She could have given us some, some feedback if she'd have stayed around and uh, maybe some pointers as well. So I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, you're good. And maybe, maybe hopefully she'll come back. I know it seems like a, it's like a fluid thing, especially it's kind of the iron, irony of doing something with, marriage and parenting is like, you know, you want to try to find an hour to be uninterrupted. And it's like, well, what does that look like when it comes to marriage and parent life? You know, like where do you get an hour of uninterrupted time? So <laughs> did you guys get a chance to use the hug or help method? I thought that was brilliant last week when, uh, it was <laughs> yeah. So I literally the next, uh, the next morning on our drive to school, I brought it up to my wife and, was like I'm gonna try this and we're gonna see how it goes and I've kind of done it I've done it a couple of times throughout the week just like as we're talking about things and just being like all right so you know like do, do you want me to say anything or or do you just want me to listen like is it a hug or a help and my wife is <laughs> definitely not like a very touchy feely person so it's kind of funny because it's just like the thought of just hugging her just randomly for no reason at all. I mean, I already do it, but to do it whenever I know she's pissed off is, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not going to push my luck too much here because, you know, in the in the love language um, discovery, I'm definitely more of the the physical touch person than what she is. So that's already something that we have to work around, much less when I already know she's peeved off about something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, I dropped it a few times, Ryan around my wife this week just to see how it went test the waters yeah. and it was it was awesome actually i, I explained it because she was kind of pissed off when i brought it up not at me but <laughs> not, not not i mean she was more stressed than anything so i was like you want to you want a hug or like what do you what is this conversation here and she's like what what do you she, like i distracted her i guess but I feel like it's like the um I, I it reminds me of um that scene if you've ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire where I'm sitting there like help me help you <laughs> like help me help you like you tell me what I need to do to be able to help you but oh yeah all right man what well, do you want to just let's I guess we just get rolling with this and just full send it and start going and if people want to come in and out or like we said last week, if anybody has any questions or things that they want to add, by all means, we're we're open to guidance ourselves. We definitely don't have everything figured out, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be here if I did. <laughs> so I, I one of the things that came to my mind just kind of as we get started is, like, obviously the, the topic this week is parenting styles and kind of their impacts on, on the dynamics of, of the family. But one of the things that I know we've really been cognizant of is kind of just the idea that everything is kind of all encompassing. So I'm sure that as we talk about parenting, one of the things that will come in is, you know, what role does that play in your marriage as well? I, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I feel like at least for me, if if there's one area that's going to be the fastest one to lead to potential arguments between my wife and I, it's definitely, you know, the parenting aspect, you know, because of a, a disagreement that we might have over how we handled something. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, it's also one of those things where 
you know, the, the more you go, you're constantly learning new things about, you know, how to do things better or, you know, maybe more appropriately and, and those types of things. So I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to say from the, from the beginning or. Not specifically me. No, I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's been a, it's been a challenge and, uh, my wife and I definitely differ quite a lot in our different parenting styles. And it's also because, I mean, if you guys know my backstory, my oldest isn't actually my daughter. She's my stepdaughter. So I've only been in her life for maybe five or six years at this point. So I missed the like core foundational parts of the first five years where all that stuff is really laid down. And so again, we have very different styles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And that's, uh, I was going to bring this up the other day. That's another one of the kind of the similarities that we actually have. So my, my daughter who is 22 now, she is, she's my wife's from, from her first marriage. Um, but, but I'm, I've been her dad since I guess we met when she was three. And so and I've adopted her and all of those types of things. But, but it does have a difference in the dynamic because, you know, when, when it's, when mom is used to it being, okay, I'm a single mom and that, that pr provides its own set of challenges. And then you come in and it's like, they've already had this thing going, but then you have your, you know, ideas of what you think it should be like, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a whole conversation in and of itself because, you know, there's, there's just a lot that goes into that. So, um, it's interesting between the two of us though, we, you know, we have about the full gamut covered. I, I've got a 22 year old, you've got an 11 year old. Um, but then you also have a toddler and I also have twins. So between the two of us, <laughs> we can cover just about anything that anybody might want to get into. So, yeah, yeah, it's quite the spectrum. And it's also similar to my upbringing as well is, I, I have a half sister, so it's uh, I got to see from the childhood perspective different parenting styles. My sister's father and family versus my family as well. They were they were night and day different there, right? And then I also it's interesting. I have I have siblings that are quite a bit younger than me, and so that's also something that's interesting where the 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 upbringing that i had i feel like as my parents got older it was a lot different for my two younger brothers as far as you know the the way that things were going for those two which um it's kind of interesting because i i you know for the longest time i didn't really ever try to like necessarily articulate what my parenting style was or like try to give a label to it or to really understand like where it came from or anything like that. It was just kind of, well, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And so this is what I want my kids to do. But, you know, really one of the things and, and not that I, I have no connection with it or anything like that. It's just though I read the book grit earlier this year and you know, that book is not a parenting book, but there is a chapter in that book that is about, um, how to instill grit into your kids and how that can guide your parenting style. And it was a real eye opener for me. Um, and that's something I mean, I would recommend people read it just because of the, the, the lessons in it overall, but really parenting wise, it made a lot of sense to me too, just in terms of, 
um, you know, just some of the things that were articulated in there. And one of the big things was kind of like their parenting is like on a spectrum and wherever you fall on these different spectrums kind of forms, like, I guess your philosophy on parenting, so to speak. And so two of the big ones, which come up all the time online, you see are like being demanding versus undemanding and then being supportive versus unsupportive. And I think those two spectrums and kind of where they meet in the middle is kind of, you know, like where your parenting philosophy kind of falls, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, my, uh, <clears throat> I grew up in a pretty, uh, authoritarian parenting style. Um, like I, I wouldn't say it was repressive, um, but it was to some extent because there was a lot of, uh, religious elements baked into that as well. But I didn't, I, 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 I talked with my wife about this a lot, but I didn't really have choices growing up a lot. Um, one reason that, I mean, we were pretty poor in general, so that limits and it limits a lot of things. But the other reason was from, uh, the religious perspective on that and i didn't like i said i didn't have a lot of choices for a lot of things <clears throat> whether i wanted to do sports or something like that it was either my parents said okay or it wasn't happening there wasn't <clears throat> it didn't even escalate to the point of disagreement or argument uh they never let it get to that point and that clearly influenced me and everything your parents do influences you and my wife is very different as well from her upbringing hers was more of a free-spirited kind of let the kids figure stuff out a lot less strict guidelines and stuff um i had a point there but i lost it but yeah, that's that's uh where i'm coming from on those things yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, when you're kind of transitioning from being the the child to being the adult and becoming a parent, you know, there's certain things from your childhood that you latch onto and say, these are things I definitely want to do as a parent. And then there's other things where you're like, well, I'm completely against that, you know, 100%. You know, I think one thing that comes to mind for me is you know, my parents were very supportive from the standpoint that they were at all of my sporting events that I did, you know, they would be at everyone. They would, you know, be in the stands cheering and doing all those things. Um, whereas like my wife, for instance, her parents, you know, never went to anything. They, you know, missed her senior nights for sporting events and all those types of things. But, um, you know, one of the things that I kind of discovered when I became a parent was, support is a lot of different things. You know, there's the type of support where, Hey, I'm there, you know, I, I'm, I, people talk about, you know, present, you know, being present. And that is something, but for me, it's like, I really believe like you have to also that you can be there without really actually being there. Like it's not enough always to just physically be there, but you have to actually be invested in what they're doing. You know, like, I can count on one hand the number of times my dad actually like went out in the backyard and played catch with me or something like that. You know, like I am way more actively involved with my kids, I think, than what my parents were with me. I mean, they definitely were at all my games and all those things, but but not, you know, actually 
down on the ground wrestling with me. I mean, I don't know there's a day that goes by that I don't get into a wrestling match with <laughs> both of my kids, you know. Um, I play video games with them. I, you know, sit and talk about life with them. You know, we have deep, like, meaningful conversations. I mean, you know, we're, we'll act goofy and be silly. I mean, you know, I just think there is the, the aspect of being present, like, hey, I, I'm there, I'm showing up, but you know, you have to take it a step further than that and actually be involved while you're there. Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's so much on this topic. I mean, now that we're kind of diving into it a bit, there's just so many ideas jumping into my head, especially, I mean, I also, my oldest daughter is a special needs child as well. So that was, I mean, that's been a struggle for me to handle. Um my wife, we're, we're definitely like the yin and yang. She balances me out very well because according to her, I expect too much. And according to me, she expects too little. So <laughs> it's kind of a nice, uh, a nice balance in a way in my mind. That's how I try to look at it as well. And my wife also is a teacher as well. So she has all of that formal education on childhood development and she has special certificates for special ed children so she is very intimate and has a lot of knowledge on particular ways to interact with them and ways to deal with them i guess for lack of a better word and she's been very helpful for me with our oldest <clears throat> again because i allegedly expect too much and she, again, I think she expects too little, but she also takes the time, my wife, she'll take the time to talk to me about those kind of things be like, all right, well, here's where you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you for letting me know. And I'll try to adjust my behavior or whatnot. And then I'll also explain to her why I do particular things as far as enforcements and just just different ideologies for what makes a strong child therefore a stronger productive human yeah i think i mean you the word that you use really is is the big one at least in my mind which is balance i mean i think i think it's i'm sure if we if we asked everyone who's listening and everyone who ever um you know interacts with some of what we write you know, where they fall on this. I'm sure there's, for most most uh, couples, there is one parent who is the more demanding one and one that is the the perceived, you know, less demanding one. But I also think it's a, it's a fluid situation too, because what I've, what I've noticed is, at least for my wife and I, there are, it's never always that way, meaning that there are certain aspects where I have really high standards for our kids. And my wife maybe doesn't, but then there might be another piece where she's the one that has the really high standards on what it should look like. Um, and whereas I don't, you know, like, I mean, I'm probably a little bit more strict with our kids when it comes to, you know, like honoring commitments or, you know, like, well, you said you were going to do this, so you have to do this, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Whereas for my wife, you know, there are things when it comes to, you know, like nighttime routines or, or like, you know, 
I mean, like, I'm the one that's going to be more, like, I don't want to say lax, but like, oh, well, we've got to get you to bed. You didn't brush your teeth. Well, you know what? It's freaking bedtime. So we got to get you in bed. And my wife is the one that's like, well, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Like, you know, <laughs> we can't not have them brush their teeth before bed. Like, I understand they need to get to bed, but, but they have to brush their teeth because, you know, Yes, they need sleep, but they also need to not have their teeth falling out of their heads, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's those types of challenges, too, where, you know, at the end of the day, that I guess it, not, that, not that parenting is a product, but, like, the final product that is put out there is, you know, you're covering all your bases. You know, your kids are ultimately getting the best of both worlds. They're getting the best of, you know, what each parent has to offer. Yeah, that's a great point. And it, like you said, at the, at the end of the day, it's kind of like uh, really, uh, it, it really doesn't matter sometimes. Um, like, again, I try to think of like macro, micro perspective. Sometimes my wife will get caught up in the little tiny detail of something and I'll have to like zoom out and be like, is it, let me, let's think about next week. Is this, is this really going to make that big a difference or can we just like move on and avoid this conflict for the evening? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, picking and choosing battles. That's, that's a big one too. I know we, <laughs> we, we were, you know, uh, for people who, who maybe don't know, although I think we've, you know, we've been shouting it for a while now, but you know, <laughs> one of the things is obviously like we're co-authoring the, the book that we're doing and on the podcast that we did for that last Friday, you know, one of the things that I talked about was, you know, picking out what are the the most important, like, core principles you want your kids to get, you know, um, and, and not having an overabundance of them, you know, making sure that there are certain things, okay, these are the big ones. Like, these are, for lack of a better term, these are the hills that I'm willing to die on, you know. Yeah. And navigating what those are, because if it's not one of those really big ones, you can probably learn to fight your day, so to speak. And, you know, like kind of the example that, that we shared on that podcast was, you know, do I want my kids to put all their dirty laundry in the dirty clothes basket? Absolutely. I don't want my house to look like a mess. You know, I'm a stickler for, you know, like the dishes, for instance. Like if I, if you want to come to my house and see me have a meltdown, <laughs> you're going to see that the little button on the dishwasher that we have, the little magnet that says clean or dirty, if I have it set to dirty and then you go in and put your fork in the kitchen, in the sink, knowing that it says dirty on the dishwasher, <laughs> I'm going to freak out and lose my mind about that. But at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, whether my and my wife is actually kind of guilty of that too, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but um, but if my if my if my son or my daughter when she's home, you know, puts that dirty fork in the dishwasher or in the sink when she it goes in the dishwasher, yes, I'm probably going to get perturbed by that. But they at the end of the day, is that really like one of the core principles? No, it's it's not. And so I think sometimes it is important just to be able to for your own sake, as well as your kids sake, be able to just say, you know what, it, it does matter. It's not that it doesn't matter, but, but it also doesn't have to matter to the point that it, it ruins an evening or that it causes me to, to lose my, my mind for the evening. So. Yeah. The, uh, the pick your battles thing. Uh, again, I mentioned that I, I came into my oldest daughter's life 
uh, when she was five or six, I think. And again, my upbringing was very authoritarian, so there were no arguments. So picking my battles, I fought every battle every single day for probably a good couple of years. And my wife and I have talked about it several times. And I, I noticed that it was kind of like stressing her out, my wife, because it was, it was honestly kind of putting up walls between my daughter and myself because she was so used to um, my wife's parenting style. And I, like I said, we're very different. I, I've, I very much enforce things that I feel are important. And whether my wife says it or myself says it, um, I don't, I don't forget those things. So I will follow up and enforce those. And like I said, for, I, I swear the first couple of years I would fight every single battle. And that was again, partly because of how I grew up, the, my parents said it, it was final word. There was no arguments. And I tried to bring that point up to my wife of, well, we're the parents. So what we say is kind of law in a way. And I, I definitely struggled with letting some battles go, but I've gotten much better at it. And again, I took that macro micro view where I zoomed out a bit and your, your clothes on the floor is such a perfect example. My daughter, and I'm, I'm sure I was, and it's a most kids kind of thing. I feel like every single day I would, I'd walk by her room and be like, Ashley, you need to pick up all your stuff on the floor, like every single day. And I'd walk back by five minutes later and it still wasn't picked up. And so then I would turn into an asshole because it's like, look, I already said this a few times now, you're not listening, blah, blah, blah. And I would enforce it. And again, I feel like that was just not only with my daughter, it was building the barriers, not only with my daughter, but it also kind of started putting up small ones with my wife too, because I mean, it's her daughter and from her perspective it didn't bother her that much so i was kind of being an asshole to her daughter and i mean as parents you, just, you don't want to see anyone even if it's your spouse treating your your offspring poorly so it kind of started putting up little barriers for her and i as well and then that would lead to conflict between my wife and i so there was there was a lot of growth in in me in these past few years of, like I said, kind of zooming out, taking a, a macro perspective of, okay, well, I, I, I really don't need to fight every single battle. And that's been a godsend for our family um, because it's knocked down all the little walls of my wife. It's knocked down some of the larger walls of my daughter. We have a much better relationship um, she still doesn't pick up her stuff all the time, by the way, but that's that's besides the point. Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there, as I'm listening to you um, describe that, I mean, I'm sitting here shaking my head, yes, like so many times because so much of what you just described, I mean, I've been there in the, some of those exact same situations. You know, I think when when you – for and it's for me, especially – once my wife and I got married and then it was um, not long after that, 
just a few months after that, when I had officially adopted, well, it was already my wife's daughter, but she became my daughter too, like officially, um, you know, in my mind, when that happened, it was like this, this thing in my head where it was like, okay, so I am like, quote unquote, like, you know, really, for lack of a better term, I'm really her dad now, you know, I mean, and she was already calling me dad before that for the most part. Um, but you know, there's just something about, okay, so it's official now. And so like in my mind, it's like, okay, so, so we're, so you're, you're going to listen now. Like you're going to, <laughs> you're, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do now and completely forgetting about the fact that, you know, like I said before, you know, earlier when my wife and I first got together, our, our daughter was three. And so, you know, my wife had already, it had been just the two of them for the first three years. And, you know, now all of a sudden here comes this, this guy who's stealing away, you know, mom, at least that's the perception. And so you got to fight that part of the battle as well. And then to add another layer to it, you know, you don't do things the exact same way that mom has been doing them. And so, you know, like you mentioned it, putting up barriers between your daughter and I, that that's very real. Like for my daughter and I butted heads a lot. We still butt heads sometimes. And, you know, and I always say like, and this is where it's kind of that thing where, you know, I will, this is one thing where I will always tell her like, well, listen, you know, your mom, is afraid to tell you what you need to hear. I'm going to freaking tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear, you know? And we have like that conversation and it's like, you know, there are times going back to the whole thing earlier, like, well, what are the, the non-negotiables? And it's like, well, there are times where it's like, you know, even at 22, if I can help you be the best person you can be, I'm going to call you out if I have to, because I love you and because I want what's best for you, you know? And I mean, and I will say like, and I know, kind of a the common thing is the unrelenting honesty i mean there's been times where my wife and i have i've straight up said like and she's told me before too all right now listen like this is something i'm willing to argue about like i'm gonna i'm drawing the line in the sand on this you know because that's how important this is to me but you know nine times out of ten there's a better way to handle it before it gets to that point so yep (laughs) i think uh the biggest issue from my wife and I's parenting styles perspective is again, for people that have joined, I grew up in a very authoritarian, uh, very religious household. So corporal punishment was the norm for me and my wife's never been hit or spanked or any of that stuff. So I, I mean, I thought it was totally normal and society's kind of shifted its views a little bit on that one as well. And we we almost didn't, like, last because I was very okay with it. And we had several, several intense crying discussions about the merits and repercussions of corporal punishment. If we want to kind of transition to that topic, I I just kind of popped into my head. But at the end of the day... Um, I couldn't, I couldn't say my wife was wrong and, um, I, I definitely was enlightened, I guess. It opened my eyes up to better ways to deal with it. And I, I will say that my, 
natural instinct is to not hit, but it's it always flares up all the time when the kids don't listen or they, they talk back or they just spike my emotions. My my natural instinct is still, I'm just going to smack them. Like, <laughs> that's how I learned to, to listen and to, um, I mean, listen, I guess is the best way to put it, but I'm grateful for my wife helping me get through that one because like I said, we almost, <laughs> we almost didn't make it stay together. She, that was a non-negotiable for her. And then, like I said, we had several very intense, uh, emotional chats about all of that. And I came out on the other side, on the right side, in my opinion. And it's a, it's a pretty polarizing topic still. Again, I feel like society's shifting a bit towards uh, corporal punishment being bad. And um, I forgot what I was going to say there at the end, but yeah, I, I, that, that popped up into my head. So I felt important to chat about that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you're right, it is kind of a controversial thing. I think it's, it's kind of interesting because I feel like, you know, we, a lot, a lot of us, and maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of the, the, the dads in the dad Twitter, you know, X space are talking a lot about trying to get back to like traditional values and, you know, um, you know, kind of getting away from societal trends and stuff like that, which I think is ultimately a really good thing, but it's kind of ironic because like banking or corporal punishment of any kind is kind of the one area where it's like maybe that's something we don't really want to go back towards you know because i know that's very much like an, an older school like an old school kind of mentality um and it's kind of interesting because you know growing up i was actually not um spanked really very often if i, I mean i can probably count one or two times where maybe my um, my, my dad might've have like swatted me like once or something like that. Um, now my, and I know my wife on the other hand, I, I can remember, you know, she has stories between her parents or even like her grandparents. She lived and grew up on a farm where it was like a family run farm where it was, you know, a multi-generational thing, which is, is awesome. But like, that was the norm, you know, like in those situations where, not only would you maybe get, you know, a butt whipping from mom or dad, but it may be grandma that gave you a butt whipping from time to time. And so, um, you know, I think for me, as I've kind of grown and, you know, kind of developed my philosophy as far as parenting goes, the thing that constantly comes up is just the fact that there's just so many other ways to, to teach the lesson where it's going to actually last. You know, I mean... At the end of the day, especially depending upon the personality of the kid, it's a situation where like they it's a very short term solution to what could be a long term problem. You know, um, is it really what's going to be the best way for them to learn how to effectively navigate whatever challenge they're going through? And the truth is, is that it isn't, you know, it's not the best way. And I think there's just so many other things that can be done that are just, you know, they're a lot more effective. Oh, yeah. Um, anyone have any comments on that one? Because, like I said, that one's uh, 
super uh, controversial still. I mean, I again, like I said, nobody, I, nobody wants to like that. No, 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 I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I remember just just a anecdote. I I had to actually go pick my own stick from the tree to get my ass beat one time. Like that's the kind of corporal punishment that I grew up with. So as you can imagine, just like a, a smack here and there when they're not listening seems absolutely nothing to me. Right. Yeah, that one's uh that one's Did, a, I don't, I don't know if anybody else had anything or wanted to share something or Okay. Um so I think one of the things I, I kind of had like on my list of things I also wanted to talk about was just the fact that, um, you know, like we're talking about like punishment and all those types of things. I think there's also there needs we kind of at least a little bit of a discussion on, you know, kind of the other opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, where it's, you know, where you almost don't get involved as much as what you should, you know, or people parents that that don't um that don't get involved i mean i think you take one trip to the park or or something like that and you can easily find you know parents that that really aren't taking an interest in almost anything you know that their kids are doing and i know you had some some good uh insights with last week when we were talking about this i don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all or yeah, yeah, that one's uh that one bothers me all the time and if you follow me long enough I mention it probably daily at this point it seems like but I mean I take my my kids to the park fairly regularly regularly or I mean not just me but like we all go to the park for picnics and stuff like that and there's always playgrounds and stuff but just uh What's the word I'm thinking of? Neglectful. That's the word that popped into my head when you were talking about it. Is uh, yeah. I mean, we all see, we've all seen parents just sitting there with their faces in their phones, and their kids are literally like pulling on their pant legs, They're like "Mommy, Daddy, come play with me," and they're like, "Yeah, I'll be there in a minute," and then they just never get up. And like, that's, I I I don't even know how. I don't even know. It just bothers me so much. And just like the impact on the, the child, like at, at some point the kids grow up in general and they, they stop asking for things like that. But how much more of a like enjoyable childhood or pleasant adult would that person be if their parent just got off their ass and played with them for like maybe once or twice? I don't even know. It just seems like those kind of people never do it. And I know everyone's busy and we all have moments where we actually like, we have to get something done. So we'll tell them a minute or so, but I see it so frequently. I just can't imagine that they actually ever do. Uh, I see Ryan's got his hands raised. Yeah. Feel free to chime in, man. Anyone feel free to chime in whenever. Yeah. Just a quick example last weekend. So my son uh, is 11. He started basketball last weekend. And there were some goals that were a lot lower than the level that they play at. And um, so I asked the guy, I said, do you mind if I adjust the rims so we can play at the level that they play at? And uh, he said, yeah, that's cool. And when I raised that rim, probably six or seven kids came over to that rim and just started shooting at that rim, which was great because that's what I wanted. I want them to come over 
I'd rebound for them or whatever. And every single parent that was there was in the stands on their phone. I was the only dad out there, except for the coach when he got there when practice started. And um, and I'm guilty of it too, though, you know. So I can't say that I do that every time, but it, it's it's just so much more rewarding being out there with the kids because they're not gonna they're not gonna want to do that forever. They're not gonna want to shoot with dad forever. So it's it's a opportunity to kind of snag it's I want to snag every opportunity I can um, and really I don't know the word I'm looking for but just I want to relish in it really and uh, enjoy that time and um, but yeah every, every parent was up in the stands on the phone and it was just like man I need to be more mindful and um uh, I, I'm pretty involved with my son's baseball and basketball, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just it's hard to see, and I yeah. enjoy rebounding for the kids. I mean, that's a thrill for me, or playing catch with uh, the team before the coaches get there. I always tell the kids, yeah, I'm here 15, 20, 30 minutes before practice starts. So if you guys want to come hit balls, let's hit balls. If you guys want to throw, you want to pitch, you want to shoot baskets, whatever. Gonna be here. So, um, anyway, it's just I I don't know if I get more of a reward out of it than the kids do, or vice versa. But I I just really soak that stuff up. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it's kind of funny. This is like this is a really big um, topic, or I guess point for me because you know the the people that. I've kind of shared some of like kind of like where I've come from as far as like my own personal stuff and personal journey. And, you know, when I was at my my worst and my most unhealthy, like that was kind of like the the rock bottom moment for me when I was like so unhealthy that I really could not physically like go outside and play with my my boys. You know, they would they would come in the house and be like, Dad, let's go outside and play. And, and I would go out there. Maybe I would go out there. You know, most times I wouldn't even go out, but when I would, it would be like five minutes later and I'm like back inside or I'm sitting down outside watching them play or something. And it's like, you know, that was a big thing for me when I kind of got to the point where it's like, okay, I, I need to do something different. And I mean, it, it's kind of, it, that that's something that's always stuck with me and it's always been a thing for me where it's like, I, I will not ever allow that to happen again and it's the one thing that i still regret some somewhat from the the time that you can't get back you know like you mentioned um you only have so many opportunities to do these things with your kids and and i know it's like a common thing and this is one of those things where i do have a slightly different opinion on it than what a lot of people do because i see a lot of you know, you, you only have 18 summers. And, and while there is some truth to that, I don't fully buy into that. Um, to, to an extent, I think that, you know, obviously, yes, that is when you spend the majority of your time with them. But I also believe that, you know, parenting does not stop at 18. And I think people who would say otherwise, they, they don't, they don't really know. Like, I mean, our daughter's 22 and we're still very actively involved with things with her and she doesn't even live in the same state with us. But anyways, like the one thing that is true is every moment that you lose is a moment you don't get back, regardless of how many you have. 
And so I think, you know, it really is, it's sad. And I was that person for a while that, you know, wasn't making memories with my kids. You know, I was asleep on the couch because going to work was all I could do that day. And when I came home, I was passed out on the couch instead of being out in the backyard playing football or basketball or whatever it might be with my, with my kids. And it's kind of funny, like now it's a situation where, I mean, I'm the one that's out there playing regardless of whatever else is going on. I mean, it's, you know, it it really is a case where you get one shot at it. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's silly to, to not try to make the most of it. Yeah. I also think it's, uh, like there's just, there's just such a severe lack of positive role models in, I mean, in our current society, from my point of view, the the most of the, again, speaking from like a fitness lens and perspective, I mean, my, my dad and grandpa were my biggest influence as far as those kind of things go, but I don't, I don't know how kids these days are like they're just going to be looking up to like youtube celebrities or social media people which are are fine sometimes but there's always ulterior motives and there's always airbrushed and a lot of lack of authenticity and i feel like us as fathers like we need to be able to set the standard for the kids again coming from like a a fitness lens and stuff but just just kind of like in general also if you if the person who loves you and looks up to you the most if you keep saying no or you keep saying yeah i'll be there but you don't show up what what kind of uh influence and crazy things are like the further emotional and social development is that like those are those are caused that causes real damage in my opinion. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, is you, you know, you never know when's the last time that they want to come ask you to do something. You know, I mean, how many times does a kid get told no or not right now before they just stop asking, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I know a story that my, my wife has shared with family and friends and stuff a lot is, you know, before we had gotten engaged and got really, really serious, she was still, um, she was in the nursing program. And at this time she thought she was going to be a single mom and all those things. And we had just started like dating and things like that. And so in in the nursing program that she was in, I mean, this, I had no idea what this even entailed, but you know, it's a lot of paperwork coming up with these care plans for your patients that you're learning to take care of. And there's the the actual time you spend at the, the facilities, but then also the time prepping for your patients you have to do. And So long story short, she was in a situation where, you know, our daughter was constantly coming to her to ask her to play. She's like, oh, I can't right now. I can't right now because she was trying to get all this schoolwork done. And then there came a point where, you know, she had gone and asked our daughter, you know, well, hey, like, you know, mommy is done right now. Like, do you want to play? And our daughter was like, not right now, mom. I'm doing my homework. And it was like that was (laughs) that was an eye opener for her. And she I mean, she got out of it. You know, she. She got out of the nursing program and and my wife, and to this day, she's not a nurse. She's a teacher. And so, you know, she's just, um, that was a big thing for her though. Cause it's like, wait a second. Like if I'm having that kind of influence to where now my own, you know, 
daughter wants nothing to do with playing with me, well, then this is a problem. So, you know, they, and that was when she was like two and a half, three years old, you know, so, um, it's one of those things where you don't know at what point they just, they just stop asking and they just don't want to do things. Yeah. And that's something that my wife struggles with because both my wife and oldest, they have ADHD and I mean, sometimes my wife's just the space cadet. I mean, it's not her fault fully, but she, the, the, our daughter will come ask us to like play a board game or do something. I don't know, anything really. And my wife will be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll come out in a minute or whatever. And then so I'll, I'll get up and go get things ready with my daughter. And then I'll like walk back into the other room. And my wife's just like, totally ADHD'd out, got distracted by something. She'll be like cleaning the floor or something like, what are you doing? Like we're, we're about to go play a game or something. She's like, Oh geez. And things like that happen fairly regularly. And I just don't want my daughter to be discouraged from asking because it's really not anyone's fault. There's There's no malicious intent behind it and intent, it's definitely something I try to <clears throat> bring up a lot with her. Like, listen, mommy just, she just honestly just forgot her. She just got like very distracted or something. And she, her intent is what really matters. And I try to help my uh, oldest daughter understand that one. And she's gotten better now that she's getting older. But I could see it when, when I first started the relationship with my wife is, uh, mommy forgot again or something like that or you know, I just I don't know I, I felt bad for her but at the same time she just didn't really understand also yeah and I think you said something there that I thought was really good you know just trying to d- explain intent you know and I think that goes back to you know as much as whatever is appropriate based on their age you know having those you know honest conversations with your kids I think that's something that it seems like, I don't know, people people that I talk to, parents that I talk to, you know, like whether it be on, on social media or like in regular life, it's like they're afraid to really have like open, honest conversations with their kids, you know, or they're afraid to like be honest or be real with them, you know, like they're trying to almost put on a, a facade of like, like, you know, they're trying to be you know, something other than what they are. And I think that's, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned by sharing even the, some of the struggles that you have like with your kids, because, you know, the truth is, is that especially as they develop and as they become, you know, preteens and teenagers and young adults, I mean, they, they need to understand the, the ins and outs of how the world works. And, And so, you know, I think being open and honest about things is definitely, like one of those progressional steps that they have to take. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially with, I mean, if, if we think about just how the adaptation of parenting styles have adjusted, even in our lifetimes, it's, it's like I said, is very, very different. I mean, there wasn't corporal punishment was the norm when I'm sure most of us, when we grew up, if it wasn't for our family specifically, it was everybody else's family that you know. And it's just uh, it's something about that one. I guess I just keep hyper-focusing on it, but it's just, it's been such a 
impactful part of my growth as a father that it just keeps popping up in my head. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think that the, the corporal punishment thing is kind of the perfect example because that's kind of like the essence of like the challenge of parenting is the fact that, you know, we we are trying to prepare our kids for a world that we don't even fully know what it's exactly going to entail by the time they get, you know, five years older or 10 years older, you know, I mean. Our, our daughter is 22, and, and I'm just thinking back to when she was 12, you know, the challenges that she was going through or the way the world worked when she, you know, at that point is drastically different than, than the way that it is for my boys now that they're 12, you know, and then whenever your daughter who's 20 months old, by the time she's 12, it's going to be drastically different again, you know, so how, how do you, you know, navigate figuring out um you know how do you navigate figuring out what to teach your kids or how to raise them in a in a future that you don't even quite know what it's going to look like so yeah. and it's interesting just trying to look at the comments so i know a few minutes ago anthony put being a positive role model is probably one of the most important things and that really is you know that's it right there you know being a role model and and Again, going back to like what you think those core values are, you know, some of like the universal things like being a good person, being willing to work hard, you know, those types of things. I mean, <clears throat> those are things that are going to withstand the test of time, you know, being able to solve problems. I mean, that's problem solving skills. Yeah. Like th those things are going to last no matter what crazy direction the world turns. But, you know, it is. That's interesting. I mean things that were normal, they were the common when we were kids are like unheard of now. So, you know, how do you prepare your kids for a future world, you know, that we have no idea what it's going to look like. <laughs> Another point on that one as well is I don't, I mean, I don't know everyone's background, but just thinking about different cultural differences as well. I mean, I had, I was, I mean, we were just all very white where I grew up. So white boring american corn-fed people so it was just everyone did the same thing everyone was very religious and i mean the whole religious um influence as well that's a whole another topic that factors into all this but um just thinking about uh cultural differences i mean that there's just like such a endless amount of content and stuff to consider for parenting styles if we factor in cultural and even just religious differences and again your point of uh how all that's going to change not only culturally but like if we like technology i mean how many not only parents but how many parents just put screens in front of other kids now all the time we go out to a restaurant or something or i mean you can you can see that all the time too that that's a huge issue with me as well of uh while i agree with the parents it it does make things much easier but what are you detracting from your children you're not teaching them how to interact with the real life uh, real world you're you're severely dampening their communication skills by just constantly bombarding them with screens and just like sitting there being zombies consuming things 
Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, this, I, my boys, like I mentioned, I mean, my, my two, I, they're twin 12 year olds. They'll be 13 in January, but I mean, they have, you know, technology and all those things, but they still go outside and play basketball, play football, play baseball, wiffle ball. Um, even in the house, like, I mean, just when we thought we were done with Legos, they've now busted it back out all the Legos. The new thing that they like to do now is create um, like like different military battle reenactments with their Legos and their Lego figures. <laughs> nice. At one point, they spent like, like uh, three solid weeks over the summer building a bunch of different countries' flags out of Legos. I mean, they're just all different types of things, you know, and of course they've got all their wrestling action figures that they still collect and all those things. And, you know, it's funny because so many of their friends, it's like, they it's unheard of. All they do is play video games or they're on their cell phone. And that's the extent of what they do. If they're not, at, you know, if they're not playing a sport at the time and, yeah. my, you know, the fact that my boys, will still do other things it's like they're like the the outsiders in that regard but you know it's important i mean being able to work with your hands do things with your hands getting outside and being active i mean it's it's unbelievable <clears throat> even just in the last 10 years you know from with my football coaching background and just training kids from like a strength and conditioning standpoint like all the extra things that we have to do from a training standpoint with our athletes because they have such sedentary, sedentary lifestyles now. I mean, kids aren't outside running and jumping and climbing trees and jumping out of trees and all those things on their own. So those are like skills that you have to try to simulate in the weight room, you know, or, or, you know, with jumps and different things. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, how fast things do change, but at the same time, it's like, it's it's the world that we live in, so we have to figure out a way to 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 modernize our our parenting styles. Yeah, I'm always so torn between just fully embracing certain things. As far as I grew up, I I would just like, and again, it's it's different from where I lived too. It was very uh, low population, so I could just go. I mean, my parents would go work for the summer. And I would just be home by myself with my dogs and I would just go wander around the woods for like 15 hours at a time. Could you imagine you would get CPS called on you these days? I can almost guarantee that, at least where I live, it's just way too many people around. And I mean, I don't, <laughs> as sad as it is to say, I don't, I wouldn't let my daughter do that right now either. Right. Uh, but it's just this. It's so fluid. That's such a perfect word that you said earlier. That's just, oh, it's just so crazy to me. And again, I'm only like a few years into the game. So you guys that have older children, you've experienced a lot of this already. And there's, I don't know, I applaud your, your efforts there because I certainly have been struggling with it all. And I, I mean, I know we all do. We're not putting on the facade of having all the answers. And if you are, I'm probably not going to want to talk to you. <laughs> right. No, I, I've i messed as much stuff up as what I've solved it. That's for sure. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where my wife and I, we, we jokingly talk about it all the time. It's like, well, that was a mom fail or that was a dad fail or, you know, <laughs> that was a total parent fail right there. So, 
we'll figure it out and move on, you know, the next time. But I think really the biggest thing is like when it comes right down to it at the end of the day, the biggest thing is just, um, you know, you just, just love your kids and make sure that they know that you love them no matter what, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the first thing that, um, that, that my kids get, I, I wake my boys up every morning and I kind of make it my mission to be as goofy or, or whatever is it may be as possible in the process. And I try to bring the energy first thing in the morning and, and be goofy about it. And then the last thing before bed is like, we'll tell them goodnight when they go to bed or whatever. And then my wife and I will like leave the room. And then they, even then they'll tell us goodnight and they love us again in like a, like a unique way for like my wife versus myself and stuff like that. And I just, at the end of the day, as long as they know how much you love them and, and they, there's no question about that. I mean, I think that's, that, that's the biggest thing. If you can do that, everything else will, will work itself out. Anthony, I saw you unmute there briefly. Was that uh, you were going to say something or was that just a, uh... yeah, yeah. It was actually hello gentlemen. How are you today? Doing Good. Well. How are you glad to uh, yeah, yeah. finally <laughs> be in real time with you for once? Yeah. In real time is it's quite, quite unusual. It's uh 11 a.m. where I am. <laughs> right. It's 11 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 11 yeah. a.m. on Wednesday. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. I, I just thought I'd jump in um, while you guys are talking about this particular topic because uh, there's some comments about, you know, seeing kids all the time on phones and whatnot. I mean, just putting them in front of screens and stuff. And I know that there is a sort of attitude of that's just the way that society is going these days. But... Um, just in my opinion, we don't need to really follow everything that society is doing. It's kind of like if everybody jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff as well? Personally, <laughs> probably wouldn't. Um, so, you know, living in Japan, I see a lot of kids um, getting just handed technology. There's like technology everywhere. Um, you know, you ride, ride a train and there's like a little screens and stuff. Um, I have two kids. And uh, whenever they see screens, they are really fascinated by them. But one of the reasons for that is because we just do not show them screens at all. We don't have a TV. We don't show them screens. We just keep them away from that stuff as much as possible. In the future, it's going to be important for them to be able to utilize technology. But being absorbed so much in technology at such an early age, it deprives them of the sort of neuroplasticity and, and uh, you know physical stimulation that they need. At that young age, there's so much potential for kids to learn things at a young age. And then we just take that potential away from them by getting them overstimulated with certain technology, getting them out and doing things. You know, I, I mentioned in the, the chat earlier that I'm raising my kids trilingual. My, kid, my, my kids speak uh, English, Japanese, and Thai, which is amazing <laughs> at that age. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So, um, you don't have to do what the crowd does. Finding your own way, your own niche. Um, just because, just because people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm watching this TV show," so I don't care about your TV show at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm doing actual fun things in my life. It's like it's great you watch a TV show and you got something to talk about. Um, do you want to talk about? Yeah, I can talk about my adventure over the weekend, or <laughs> we can talk about this naff TV show that you watched. It's up to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, just my good... personal opinion anyway <laughs> no absolutely yeah. i'm glad you jumped in and i i think that's right i mean 
there's there's definitely something to be said for if society is doing one thing, you know, do the opposite a lot of times. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, you have to really fight the good fight, for lack of a better phrase, because, mm. you know, especially, I mean, and obviously with my background as a teacher, you know, my, my wife and I, and she, who is also a teacher, I mean, we just, you know, we, we thank God every day after being at, uh, being at school and you see what some of these other kids are acting like and you, you have a sense of what their home life is like. And it's like, you know what, my kids are doing great. You know, suddenly those, some of the things that I thought were problems were really not nearly as big a problems as what I thought they were. And and a lot Hmm. of it's because, you know, they are willing to stand out outside of the comfort zone. Hmm. Yeah, that was such a good point there, Anthony, and that's definitely something my my wife and I uh, we are we don't fit in, for lack of a better term, and it's by design. We don't we don't want to be the average. I mean, there's I've tweeted about it several times. The average, again, frame of reference is from America, but average Americans overweight, incredible amount of debt, have like a thousand dollars in the bank, like that. None of that is appealing to me at all. And we set the standard much higher for ourselves and our family. And hopefully, I mean, that's kind of why we're uh, building up all of this stuff and writing that book and everything is we're trying to uh, just get more strong men and strong dads to lead their families and communities in a better direction. Well, just personally, um, while I'm still um, unmuted, um, I'm going to stand down no matter where I am, and so are my kids, um, in Japan anyway. Um, there, are, there are not too many white guys walking around out here. Um, <laughs> Japan is a very, very Japanese population. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a bit of um, an understatement, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And so, so my, kid, my, my kids are half. You know, my, my, my youngest daughter is um, less than two. My oldest daughter is um, six. Um, you know, my, my, she doesn't have the typical black hair that most Japanese, uh, kids have. She's got a uh, more brown, brownish hair and, um, she, she looks, she doesn't look Japanese and my wife's not Japanese as well. So that makes another thing that makes us stand out a little bit. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stand out personally. I'm going to stand out whether I like it or not. And my kids are going to stand out whether they like it or not. So if you're going to stand out, be impressive, you know? Do, yeah. if you stand out and there's no choice but to stand out and you're all you also suck at everything then you're not <laughs> going to live a very happy life so if you're going to stand out be amazing at something and the way that you be amazing at something is to not follow exactly what the crowd is doing and you know do something cool do cool things be athletic be smart speak multiple languages do whatever it is to make you stand out in a good way Again, just my opinion. But I think it's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I had a, like, a, I guess a follow up question to that. So do you feel like that kind of gives you your family or kind of that a sense of pride? Kind of, hey, we're gonna stand out. Like that's something that you guys kind of sort of rally around and 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 bond like that. I guess especially as your as your kids get older. I mean, I because I there's got to be challenges, you know, associated with with being in a unique situation like that. So. You see, the thing is, um, 
there's a risk of developing a sort of chip on your shoulder about these kind of things. And that's what I don't want. So whether I like it or not, I'm going to stand out. Um, as, as are my kids. But are we going to stand out in a way that we are deliberately going to make ourselves sort of uh, social pariahs? Not really. I'd rather stand out for being exceptional than, being, than stand out because I'm choosing to just not comply and just be like um, adversarial towards society. I, I don't have a sort of adversarial um, relationship with this. It's very much more like... I'm going to stand out whether I like it or not. The kids are going to stand out whether I like it or not. Let's 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 make the best of it. Sure. No, that's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay, I'm going to duck out there, gentlemen, because I need to get to work. Um, but I, oh. I will be listening in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for having me on. We'll catch you later. All right. Thanks for Appreciate coming it, brother. on. Appreciate it. Later. Man, a trilingual six-year-old, that would be terrifying for some people. I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, that would be uh, – two things come to mind. One, that would be that would be a challenge. But, man, I mean, just how amazing that would be to be able to do that and just, you know, I mean, I just – that's awesome. I mean, that's – it puts in perspective, too, like, you know, just kind of like the the power of what of what you're capable of whenever you just kind of – say, you know what, this, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is what we're going to be about because I think, you know, so many times, like, you know, it's, it's so easy to put, even as adults, you know, it's easy to put limitations on things and, you know, to be able to say, well, you know what, there, here's a six-year-old who can speak three languages. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing. So, I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, we, we, you talk about like with your kids, like preparing them, you know, give them like the keys to the future and stuff like that. I mean, to empower your kids by doing cool stuff like that. I mean, that's that's second to none. Yeah, and I liked your point, Anthony, on the the neuroplasticity bit, and that's something that I haven't put much research into, but enough to really appreciate that, especially with young minds and just how insanely flexible and spongy they are. And I, again, I'm fairly new to the fatherhood game, but just every single day, my youngest one picks up something new or just watching her mind develop and grow is it's, it's almost magical in a way. It's, it's, it's remarkable how fast some things go into to severely dampen that and limit that by putting a screen in front of their face just I don't know it just really really bothers me and again that's their parenting style and choice and sometimes I want to do that for sure because she's being a pain in the ass or I just need five minutes or my wife just needs five minutes and it's easier to just be like here just zone out zone out and uh don't bother me like that's that's easy. That's the easy path. And something I've realized about myself when I was pretty young is I like to do things very difficult for myself. And I pick on my wife all the time that if she were living in a video game, she would choose hard mode. And <laughs> she, uh, she doesn't do it on purpose, whereas I do it on purpose. <laughs> right. She's, she's sitting here next to me, so it's... 
extra enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's uh, something to be said for you know just finding finding a way to be able to just kind of share in and, and and laugh about it as you go. My wife has looked at me and laughed a few times during this conversation, and also looked at me like, "Are you freaking kidding me right now?" A couple times throughout the whole process of this so you know it's always good to have the honest feedback though <laughs> yeah definitely is well we're running a bit over an hour um i mean i'm probably gonna have to step out here soon because it's uh time for bed for me pretty soon i'm thankfully my youngest is it's been like the second or third night in a row where she slept all night, so I kind of feel like an actual person again because I've been, I slept more than four hours at a time. So, oh, nice. Gonna, I'm gonna try to take advantage of that. So, I'm absolutely, have to wrap it up on my end. But um, definitely uh, appreciate all the comments and everyone providing feedback here. I saw you jump in here a bit late there, Fonzie. Yeah, my um, bad, man. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're you're good, man. First of all, thanks for uh, joining the community. We need uh, we need more strong men. So, if you're not aware, Jake and I will be hosting these every uh, every Tuesday ish. Um, schedules pending or schedules permitting, obviously, but yeah, it's going to be a fairly regular thing. And uh, all of these are recorded, and we'll be uh, uploading them onto our podcast here. So, you didn't miss it. You just missed it in real time this week. But like I said, appreciate you joining in and. Uh, being part of all this man we're uh we're gonna be uh changing the world that's the only outcome of this i'm tracking i'm i'm, I'm happy to be a part of people who think the think like-minded you know it's kind of hard to find that these days so yeah and that's something i i speak on a lot on my podcast is that uh i feel less crazy when i man. get in spaces or podcasts with all of you guys it just because i feel so isolated sometimes based on Again, we talked about it earlier, just the average people around us are just bums and no drive, no ambition. Mm -hmm. They don't, they just don't care about their families. And like I said, being able to chat with like-minded people makes me feel a lot less crazy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You, when you start to learn more, you start to isolate yourself more at the same time. <laughs> you know? yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's like the gift and yeah. the curse, you know. <laughs> and, and at this point, you just need to find people who else is doing that. Who else is going this odd path? Hey, how you doing, man? What's going on with you? <laughs> yeah, the, it, it seems like more and more in regular life, it's hard to find people that have the same drive or values. And so it's like you can get matched up pretty easily online because the algorithm will put you together. But like in real life, you have to wander around asking oh wait no never mind you're not into this okay <laughs> like i was i was telling my wife i was trying to talk to a couple people that i that i work with and just kind of giving them even a little bit of an idea of of kind of like what we're doing on here and it's like almost like this glazed over look on their face like what like changing people's lives helping men grow what like it's like never mind man it's not for you i'll see you <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> who, who else is unlearning what they've been taught Harold, hey how you doing man <laughs> right on gentlemen well like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna step out feel free to uh, keep chatting everybody but we might uh wrap it up then 
yeah, we can um, we can wrap it up. I know we're we're pretty far over than hour at this point anyway. So, um, but yeah, just like you already said, we're gonna do this every Tuesday for the most part. So, um, make sure you kind of keep spreading the word. We're gonna keep doing this, and also if you haven't already joined the the Dad Fit Dynasty community that we have on Twitter too, um, so we can keep keep growing and keep getting the message out there. Yes, sir. That's the name of the game. And uh, obviously stay tuned because there's a lot of things in the pipeline that are going to be coming down, not only the book, but co-hosting the podcast and updating the newsletter. And I mean, there's going to be cohorts coming out soon. So lots of uh, lots of good things in the works. Like I said, the, we're changing the world. So there's, there's no other option. Absolutely. One family at a time. all right gentlemen i will catch you guys later all right take it easy everybody all right everybody have a good week you guys too